You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives, and game processing kits. Now, we've all been there before, trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife. This is where Outdoor Edge really steps in. With the Razor Safe system, you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button. No more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast, where you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight, because here we go. What's up, guys? Welcome to the show today. I am John Hutspeth, and this is the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast, and I'm so glad everyone is tuning in today. I'm really excited about this episode. I've been kind of waiting for this one. I will be telling this story of my successful turkey hunt that I had, uh, man, like three weeks ago now. And I've been kind of putting it off because I had other stuff scheduled, and I was kind of waiting to see if I got to, you know, some more turkey hunting in or another turkey and none of that worked out i don't think i'm going to get to go anymore this year uh oklahoma's closing down i think this friday maybe uh, or this following friday and uh and then texas will be closed soon and that's kind of the only two places i i get to hunt and so anyway i figured it's about that time for me to get in here and tell my story and then kind of uh you know i don't think that's going to take a, a full episode and so kind of at the end i'm going to transition out of turkey hunting and talk about my upcoming coming 2021 deer season a little bit and so pretty exciting show i'm excited to tell you guys all about it um the only you know i'm keeping this intro pretty short because it's just going to be me talking today anyway the only other kind of intro type thing i guess i have for you guys is uh i've decided may is my uh get my butt back in gear month uh, as far as my health is concerned i've been slowly gaining weight for about the past you know 12 years and so uh, it's time I you know I really want to do something about it and kind of get prepared for this upcoming hunting season and uh, the way this is relevant to the podcast is because I the way I'm going to do it is I'm trying to you know count my calories and exercise and stuff uh, well I downloaded an app on my phone that helps me track my calories and so you can you know search whatever you ate and plug it in it'll tell you how many calories and how many calories you have left to meet your goal and Really cool app, but uh, the way the reason I bring it up is because I think the first night I started this uh, on Monday, I had deer for dinner, 
And like, I always knew deer was healthy for you and healthy just in general, but I didn't realize like how healthy it was, man. Like you can eat a lot of deer meat and it is not a lot of calories. Like it's amazing. Uh, it's yeah. Like (laughs) you almost don't even have to watch what you eat or like how much you eat because it's so healthy for you. Like you can basically, I mean, I'm not going to say like gorge yourself, but just about, I mean, you can eat a solid meal of venison and it's like 300 calories or less. And so bringing that up because now, uh, you know, all you people listening can use that as an excuse to now go do more deer hunting or more hunting in general, because it's better for your health and, you know, you're watching out for your future and stuff. So just wanted to throw that out there. So, yeah, you guys can help keep me accountable with my weight watching and eating deer. I got a bunch of it. You know, I think I, think I said I had this. I, I killed the most deer I've ever killed in a season this past year. I killed four, plus my wife killed one. And so we have a lot of meat to go through, and I am enjoying it. And the fact that it's even healthier for me and works with my diet is just all the better. So, so yeah, that's about all I have as far as the intro is uh, is concerned. And so I'm just going to kind of jump into it. Like I said, this is the story of my successful turkey hunt uh, three weeks ago out in the panhandle of Texas. And so with that being said, I'm just going to jump into that story. So if you guys have been following along with this here podcast, you've heard me say that I'm not the world's greatest turkey hunter. And that's because it's true. And uh, my buddy that I went with, he is also not the world's greatest turkey hunter. We just, we both grew up, uh, you know, hunting. We grew up hunting together. Uh, we, we've been friends since eighth grade. Uh, I now work for him. And uh, anyway, so like way back in high school, uh, we would go out to this, my buddy, his name is Styles. We would go out to his grandma's house who lives up in the Panhandle. That's where his dad grew up. And uh, we'd go up there and go turkey hunting in the spring because they like it was it was easy. You could hardly call it hunting. Like they have quite a bit of land, and that part of Texas just has tons and tons of birds. And so uh, we always had pretty good success. Uh, I shot a turkey with my bow up there when I was sixteen. I shot another turkey the next year or two. Um, one of our buddies shot it. One of our buddies that came with us. It was like midday. We kind of gone. We'd gone out for the morning and came back in. You know, we would only hunt till about nine, and uh, he was just bored. So he literally just went out and like sat up against a tree and ended up shooting a turkey that day. Like, there's that many turkeys. There's everywhere. And so, even though we weren't very good hunters, we still had a lot of success because they just had so many birds. And it was really it was a great place to kind of get your feet wet, you know, like, like the bird I shot with my bow, that was the first turkey I'd ever called in. And and I truly called it in. I didn't know what I was doing, but I called it in. It was like a, it took us 45 minutes to call it in, uh, got it to 20 yards with a decoy, shot with my bow. We were all, you know, super excited. And so when I think of turkey hunting, like that's kind of what I think of, like basically being spoiled. And so, you know, I've done some turkey hunting since then, obviously, but it's never been, it's just, it's definitely never been that easy. And I guess partially I've, I haven't enjoyed it as much because it wasn't that easy maybe. Um, but I think I'm getting to the point now to where like I'm old enough that I almost enjoy the challenge of it being a little harder. And so, you know, the last couple, ter- couple years I've, you know, killed a handful of turkeys, but, uh, just our place, like where I hunt now, we definitely don't have as many, um, and they're just, you know, they're Easterns. Those were Rios. They're not quite as active, um, in calling and everything. And we just don't have the numbers and like just kind of the way our place sets up. 
uh, and I'm so active on that property, like I always kind of know where they're going to be. You know, it's not like I have to wake up in the morning, go out there and owl hoot and try to find the birds. Like I, I have a pretty good idea of where they're going to be. And so anyway, so that's kind of the past and, you know, the last couple of years. So this year, uh, my buddy calls me up and he's like, hey, man, like I'm I'm really pumped for turkeys. Uh, I want my son to come out and watch. And, uh, and like, I'd, I'd love for you to come with me. So of course I said, yes. So we planned this trip. We, uh, left early, I uh, say early, you know, midday Friday, he's my boss. So he let us quit early. <laughs> and, uh, we drove out to West Texas or the panhandle, I should say. And we got there. It was like, it was still light, but it wasn't really enough time to go hunting. And so we basically, they have like a big creek and basically they kind of know like all the turkeys follow this creek. And other than that, it's pretty, pretty wide open other than some little tree rows. And so that evening we basically just, uh, we actually climbed into one of their deer stands that kind of, you know, it was probably, probably 300 yards from this creek. And we sat there with our binoculars. We, we actually saw one bird kind of walking along the base of the creek pretty early and then, you know, as it got later, all of a sudden we, we could see birds flying up into these big cottonwood trees along the creek. And there's big cottonwoods and then there's kind of smaller, not mesquite trees, but just kind of smaller. I don't really know what kind of trees they are. There's some plum thickets and just kind of brushy stuff. But the turkeys love to roost in these big giant cottonwood trees. And so we had a pretty good idea of where they were going to be in the first place. Because, you know, same thing. He's hunted this for years and, and I've been out there a couple of times. Uh, but we had his son with us, so it was really cool. You know, we got to give his son the binoculars and let him see the the birds and the trees and stuff. And we were kind of explaining how it was going to work. Like, all right, tomorrow morning we're going to go in there. We're going to get set up and, and try to call him in. And uh, because we had him, we were going to take a ground blind because, you know, a six-year-old can't hold still. And, and I got to give my buddy a hand because he he knows his son so well. And he knows what he has to do to take his son hunting. And so... Uh, the night before, you know, we kind of put him down and he and I were kind of sitting up talking and, and they just have like a, a one room cabin up there that we're hunting out of. And so we're trying to kind of be quiet, let his son go to sleep. And, and, uh, we were kind of working through the game plan and, uh, he was like, man, he's like, I got to bring snacks. I got to bring water. I got to bring all this stuff. I'm like, oh, you know, we won't be out there that long. He's like, no, you don't understand. He's like, no matter if we feed SV, that's what he calls his son. Uh, he's like, well, no matter if we feed him, we can do whatever. Like he's going to get hungry. He's going to get thirsty. And so I'm like, all right. And so next morning we wake up, you know, bright and early. Uh, I, <laughs> I got lucky styles cooked like a full breakfast, like breakfast tacos and stuff. And, uh, you know, we, me and his son get up a little later and we're eating and, and his son's kind of talking and he's all excited and, and, you know, took like two bites and was like, I'm done. And his dad was like, no, like you need to eat more. And, uh, so he did, and he, you know, he had ate about a half a taco, which is all you can expect from a six year old. And so anyway, so we get packed up and, uh, we drive a little ways, park the truck, you know, good, probably 500 yards and kind of on the other side of a hill from where we're going to be hunting. Cause we don't want him to see it and walk down there in the dark we're not using headlamps uh you know there's a pretty pretty solid trail and we get down there and we get just kind of to the edge of the thick stuff and we set up our ground blind we squeeze all our chairs in there and uh an sv was sitting right in front of me and so and i i brought my camera I, you know I, I knew we were going to be in a ground blind and uh, I thought we'd be hunting together quite a bit, and so I brought my camera and had my camera in there, but I forgot a tripod, so I'm just holding it. And uh, we open the front window completely, and we have our decoys out there pretty close. 
And then basically the side windows, Styles opens his about a quarter of the way, and I just barely crack mine because uh, Styles's window was facing the turkeys, and so we could kind of pull it open. And we're waiting there, and it, it's getting light, and uh, we get to where we can find, we can see some birds in the roost tree. We're probably I'm going to say 150 yards. We we actually meant to get a little closer than that, uh, but obviously, like I said, we weren't using lights and stuff, and they were a little deeper than what we thought, and so. Uh, and so it's getting light, and uh, about, uh, we had been, I don't know, we had been there maybe 20 minutes, it's just starting to get light, and uh, little SV is like, Dad, I'm hungry. <laughs> and, uh, so Styles, you know, opens up some, some I, I can't remember, like a little uh, granola bar or something, hands it to him, and, you know, a couple minutes go by, Dad, I'm thirsty. <laughs> and uh, so Styles gives him a little drink of water and stuff. And, um, so anyway, so these, uh, it's getting light. We see the turkeys on the on the uh, roost, and uh, we're we're calling a little bit, not much. Again, we don't really know what we're doing. You know, we've done some turkey hunting, but we're not pros. And so, Styles is calling a little bit, and uh, I got the camera ready, and and they're actually answering him in the tree. And uh, so, it seems like it's getting almost too light at this point. Like it's it's pretty dang bright, and these turkeys have yet to fly down. And uh, and so we call a little more. And then all of a sudden we see him come down and they just like didn't give us a second thought. They just immediately go the other direction uh, on like towards the neighbor's property, just immediately, all of them. And so, you know, we call a little more and uh, we did hear two faint gobbles, one from the direction that they went. It was probably one of the ones that flew down. And then we heard one basically straight in front of us, but really far away. And so we sat it out for an hour or so and, you know, basically realized that they weren't coming to us. And so we decided we'd, you know, kind of easily walk through there and, and call. And so we'd get a little closer and stuff. And um, basically morning was a bust. No turkeys. You know, we saw the ones on the roost. And so we decided we're going to make a better game plan for the afternoon. So like the deer hunters we are, we went past the roost trees and uh, found a good spot to where... Basically, it was uh, the roost tree, and then where we were going to be, and then the neighbors where all the turkeys had gone to. And you know, obviously, we didn't want to hunt like right under the roost tree or anything like that. We we didn't want to screw that up, especially since there was only that was really the only area on their property where the turkeys do roost. And so, like, if we bust that up, then we're kind of screwed. And so, so we went a little ways past the roost trees, and then set up basically on the opposite side hoping that the turkeys would be coming back this direction in the evening. And so so that was basically the morning. We had a busted hunt in the morning, uh, walked around, did some calling, didn't work, and then we basically took the, all the ground blood and everything and set it up for the afternoon hunt. And then they have some other property down the road, so we loaded up and went and checked it out, did a little calling. Uh, and it was the one thing that was really interesting. Everywhere we went, everybody talked about how their turkey numbers were way down. Like we went and got a late breakfast and of course we were still in our camo and, uh, you know, styles knew a couple people in the little diner and everybody's like, Oh, good luck. You know, there's no turkeys this year. And even the waitress said something, uh, we ran into Styles' uncle uh, on the other piece of property, and he said the same thing. He said, you know, normally he sees a bunch of turkeys, but this year he's just not seeing them. Uh, we went and got lunch, same thing. You know, we were still in our camo, and everybody we talked to was like, you know, usually I have 20 turkeys behind my house, and this year I have five. 
it's so it was kind of a, a little depressing to hear all this and and even styles you know like when we saw those turkeys in the morning uh i think we counted like 18 or something that flew down and styles was like i've seen a hundred turkeys fly out of that tree before um and so it was kind of sad listening to everybody talk about uh just the decline in the turkeys and it seems like everywhere you look or listen uh you know that's what people are talking about nationwide and so it's definitely sad to see that um especially in a place where they're known for having so many and so uh, i hope we can figure something out to help them bounce back um but so anyway, so that was kind of midday, and then we get back, and um, Styles had kind of had the idea of maybe letting his son shoot a turkey. And so um, his son is six years old. We got him a hunting license and everything. And uh, so we got back and uh, let him do some shooting. And at first he was a little, you know, he was a little skittish of the gun, wasn't very sure of himself, but, uh, you know, we went through some practice, and he got pretty darn confident with it. And so the goal of the trip quickly kind of turned from, you know, get us turkeys to get SV a turkey. And, you know, we had the ground blind and everything. Um, he felt good on the gun. We had a bipod and everything for him to, you know, hold the weight up. And and so we were feeling pretty good about it. And so when we went back for the afternoon hunt, uh, I decided that I was not going to sit in the ground blind with him because, you know, it was pretty crowded with three of us in there. Um, and I wanted Styles to be able to, you know, get him positioned. He basically had to stand up, you know, he couldn't sit in a chair and use the bipod cause he wasn't tall enough. And so he was having to stand up and use the bipod to be able to shoot. And so, uh, when we went back, I basically made myself a little ground blind. I was about 40 yards or so, uh, not that much, probably 30 yards, uh, to their, their right. Um, and I just found kind of a big tree with some overhanging branches, and uh, there was plenty of dead branches and stuff laying around. So I just made myself a little ground blind. Decided to leave the camera because I didn't want to screw it up. And Styles definitely couldn't work the camera and help his son. Uh, and I, I'm really regretting that we didn't get all this on film because it, it was awesome. But anyway, so so we get out there nice and early. It's probably, I don't know, 3.30. It gets dark about 8. I think legal shooting light ended at 7.30, something like that. And so, um, so we're, you know, we get set up, they're in the ground blind. I'm in my little, uh, brush blind off to the side. I got my shotgun and my calls and everything. And, uh, we had only been there probably 20 minutes and, uh, I hear a snapping and, uh, Styles had, he had like the window part of their ground blind open, but he had the mesh up. So that way we could kind of see each other. And uh, I see him kind of pointing, and I look over, and I just as I look over, I mean, a good, I'm going to say, quarter mile away um, on the next property, uh, I just catch the, the last little turkey running across the, the, the trees. Like I said, real far away. Um, and uh, and so we, you know, Styles starts calling. I call a little bit. I can't see what's going on. Styles is, like, trying to give me these hand signals and stuff, and I can't see well enough. I can't understand and uh so a little time goes by and so i i actually get out of my little brush blind and and crawl belly crawl over there to the window and i'm like hey like i couldn't see where they went did y'all see him you know are they coming and he was like no basically they ran across and it looks like they and basically we thought that that was the group we had seen that morning and it looked like they were going to circle around basically to where we had set up that morning and then come in and get to the roost tree without us and so 
you know, we're having a quick little discussion, like, should we move? Should we walk over there? Should we stay? And, uh, and we finally decided we're going to stick it out because, uh, I, I can't remember. Styles got a count on them and like, it was a different count. And we're like, you know, even if that is some of them, it's not all of them. And, you know, like I said, like we're kind of, we're kind of stuck to this ground blind because, uh, SV is with us. And so, you know, we can't exactly just pick up and walk over there like we might've done if it was just Styles and I. And so we decided we're going to stick it out. And so go back to my ground blind hour or so goes by. And, uh, so it's like, I don't know, four thirty or something at this point. And, uh, and then I, I hear like a snapping again and I look over and Styles is, you know, pointing. And this time he's pointing kind of kind of catty corner to us out in the distance. And uh, the way we were set up, he had, you know, there was the blind. And then he had put the decoys, I mean, probably only like 10 to 12 yards in front of him because he wanted, you know, SV to have a nice close shot. And then about 10 yards past the decoys, there was a big plum thicket, you know, real thick, nasty stuff. And then I was like again to their right and so we kind of had like a little semicircle around these decoys and i want you know i made sure i was off to the side so they wouldn't shoot me and stuff um but anyway so he's pointing and like i can't see what he's pointing at because of this little plum thicket uh, but he starts calling and so i just assume he's calling at turkeys and so i pick up my call and i call one time and then uh through kind of through the plum thicket right on the edge I see two turkeys like at a full run. And so I'm like, man, these things are committed. So I put my call down and grab my gun. And I was like, well, you know, Styles will bring them in. Well, turkey hunting mistake on our part. And I hate this. I've done it before. There was a fence. There was a fence. And it was the neighbor's fence. And uh, it was about 70 yards from me, about 50 yards from them. You know, we weren't right on it, but we were close to it. And, uh, and these two gobblers hit this fence and just stop. And, uh, and they were like, you know, when we set up here, I was like, man, like if we could just get like a Jake in here, something for this, you know, young man to shoot, um, you know, in my wildest dreams, I was like, maybe we'll get two Jakes. Um, and that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, we're either going to get, you know, one lone Tom out there looking for him, hens, or we're going to get, you know, a group of Jakes that are out there and like maybe we can double up on some Jakes. That's like best case, we double up on some Jakes. Um so anyway, uh yeah, so these two toms hit this fence. Again, they're about 70 yards from me, probably 50 yards from them. And one of them is like fired up. I mean, he's puffed up. He's got the red head and he's like marching back and forth along this fence, just strutting his stuff. The other one is not quite as interested. Like he's there with his buddy. He's uh, he's probably like three to five feet back behind him. And he's kind of just standing there for this whole process. Like he walks around a little bit, but he's he's not really that interested. But Tom number one is like he's fired up. Now at this point, I basically am completely pinned down because these turkeys, like, it's basically me, the decoys, the turkeys in a straight line. So every time they turn and look at that decoy, I'm in their vision. And, you know, like I said, I'd piled some brush up around me, but I, like, I was by no means, like, in a ground blind. It was pretty wide open. And so, and I had set my call on the ground, and I, like, I was too afraid to pick my call up. I was just sitting there, stone still. My back was killing me, but I was, like, too afraid to move. 
Styles, you know, he's in the ground blind, so he still has some movement. And so he's doing a good job. He's calling some. He's he's doing a good job of not overcalling. Like when they first showed up, he was pretty fired up, and he was calling quite a bit. And I, I was trying to you know send brainwaves to him, like, hey, maybe back off on the calling just a little bit. But but after you know, like these, like we watched these turkeys for twenty minutes on this fence, and after you know eight to ten minutes went by, he kind of picked it up, and he's like, you know, maybe he maybe I'm calling too much, and so he. He'd be quiet for a while, and then, you know, like the turkey would turn away and maybe start walking away a little bit, and he'd call, and boom, it'd just turn around, just puff right back up, and this thing was just going back and forth, back and forth, just wearing a trail out along this fence, And w- but they would not come under. There's two, two, two big toms. We can see their beards. We can see everything. I can only imagine what is going through poor little SV's mind as he's looking at these turkeys. And I can't believe he held it together. I mean, like, I can't believe that he sat still and quiet enough uh, for Styles to keep working these birds. And so, like I said, a good 20 minutes goes by, and they're just back and forth, back and forth. And then out of nowhere, we hear, <laughs> off in the di- that's Sorry, that was my sad excuse for a gobble, but you know, you get it. We hear this gobble, like, back behind them. And, uh, and they both turn, and we're, you know, sitting watching. Styles calls a little bit. They puff up. And then we hear that gobble again. And, and I can't see. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm lower than Styles. I was down the hill a little bit. Um... But, uh, you know, I keep hearing gobbles back there out in this field on the neighbors. And uh, and eventually these two toms turn and they start working towards those birds. And, uh, you know, Styles would call a little bit and they'd kind of turn and puff up and strut around a little bit. But then those real birds would call and they'd get down and start walking to them. And so eventually they kind of get far enough away that I feel comfortable moving just a little bit. And so I stand up just a little bit, not not even stand up, just kind of raise up. And I can see three more. I couldn't tell what they were. Uh, I think Style said later that they were all Jakes. Um, but I see three birds out there all puffed up and uh, just nothing happened. But the one advantage, since they were facing away, I reached over and I grabbed my box call. Uh, I don't know what it is. I can't make a mouth call work. I can't make a mouth call work for turkeys or elk or anything else. I've tried and tried and tried. I've watched videos. I've listened to tapes. Can't make a mouth call work. So I have my good old trusty box call. And uh, so I start hitting that box call. And they kind of, you know, turn around, pucker up. Styles kind of realizes what's going on. He's calling with his mouth call. So now, you know, and like I said, we're a good, you know, 20, 30 yards apart. And so now it sounds like there's two turkeys, two hens over here. And that really got them fired up. And so they went over there. Went all the way up to the Jakes, and uh, but the Jakes worked off. The two Toms turned around and very, very slowly came all the way back to the fence. And like I said, so I mean, they were at the fence for about 20 minutes, worked away from the fence for probably 15 minutes, and then turned and started coming back towards us. And I don't know how long that took, but it took a long time. It was about, man, probably another 20 minutes. And it's just painfully slow. Like they'd stop. They the one was still strutting. The other one was still just kind of following along. You know, Styles would call and they'd kind of look his direction. Then I'd call and they'd look my direction. They'd come a little closer, and slowly, little bit by little bit, they worked all the way back up to the fence. But then we got stuck in the same problem. 
They got to that fence and they hung up a second time. So we've been on these birds for, I don't know, 45 minutes at this point. We've had them within 50 yards twice now. And it just goes back to the same old thing. So, the, you know, one of us would call, they'd gobble, the one was strutting back and forth. The only advantage we had this time was that I was able to call two because I had picked up my call. And even though they were looking, you know, basically straight at me, I felt like I could work that box call and that wasn't that much movement. And, and again, our goal is like, all right, got to get SV a bird. And so, and in the back of my head, I was like, man, like, you know, I'll let SV shoot first, but then I'm sure as heck going to try to get this second bird. And I was like, man, we might get a double on this thing. So we're both calling. The one is like, I, I, I can't believe he never crossed that fence because he was so fired up. It was insane. And so I'm calling, Styles is calling. And then basically a miracle happened. Uh, to my right, I hear some clucks. And I look over and I see a real life hen. And I don't know if she was coming to us. I don't know if she was working her way back to that roost or just happened to be there or what. But a real hen appears to my right. And uh, so now I'm like, sweet, this real hen's going to come into our decoys. And then the real birds, or I'm sorry, the toms are going to come into the decoys. Well, I'm looking at this hen, and then out of nowhere, I hear another gobble, but it's not our two birds. And so I'm like, well, what's going on here? And again, like I have this, uh, this thicket in front of me. And so like, I have a very pretty narrow window of what I can see. Um, and, uh, well, so again, once again, out of n nowhere, I don't know if they were together separate. I'm, I think they were separate, uh, out of nowhere, a third Tom comes running up. And again, I can like, I can't see him until he's about 20 yards from the fence. And this bird, y'all, I don't know, what he'd been listening to or I, how, I don't know how far he came from, but this third Tom comes up to the fence and these other two birds like kind of get in his way. They're kind of acting like blockers like, Hey, you know, get out of here. We've been working on this lady for a while now. And, uh, but this bird does a little juke, goes right under the fence and just marches. Actually, it went past the decoy and looked straight at me. Uh, like I said, I was, I was almost down in, like a little hole and he was looking down there for, I don't know if he was looking for that real hen, because that real thin, maybe he lost her in the thicket, or if he was coming to my calls and he had pinpointed me or what. Um, but he basically peeked over, looked at me, luckily didn't see me, and then he goes back to that decoy, and he marches straight up to this decoy, face to face, and he's puffed up. And I look at, you know, I don't, I don't turn my head, but I'm looking with my eyes and I look at that ground blind and I see this barrel sticking through the window, just going all over the place. <laughs> and, uh, and I can actually hear SV and Styles talking a little bit. You know, I can hear him, like I can hear the frustration in his face. And they told me later he was, he was trying to tell his dad to, to, uh, make a call because he was hoping that would make it stand still like a deer, you know, like you buy a deer and it stands still. Um, and so, it, so th I'm watching this go on and then I look back towards the turkeys and those other two toms when that third or yeah, when the third tom came under the fence and marches up to that decoy, they couldn't take it anymore. So they cross under. And so now I'm sitting there like, okay, I want SV to hurry, but at the same time, I, I hope he takes his time a little bit and lets these other two birds come in. And so I slowly 
ease my call, and I, I think I like just kind of rolled it uh, around my leg and set it on the ground. So I got my hand on my sh- hands on my shotgun, and I'm just waiting. And you know, I'm not going to shoot first. I wanted to. I I had like I could have shot all three of them, uh, but I'm just I'm trying to hold my water. I want SV to get a bird. And I'm, I'm focusing on the turkeys and the ones at the decoy. The other two are getting closer. And then I completely, like, I was not ready. Out of nowhere, boom, I hear a shot. And that turkey at the decoy just drops. And so then, like, as I'm raising my gun, one of the other two turkeys flies. One flies and one runs. And then all of a sudden, boom, and the turkey that was flying in the air just drops like a duck. And so I'm like, oh, shoot. And so I see the third turkey, which was the far, like, from the beginning, was the farthest one away. And in my head, I'm like, this thing's already too far. But anyway, I raise my gun and just Hail Mary, pop! And this thing just died. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't flop, it doesn't roll, it just, like, goes down and is lifeless. And I lost my mind absolutely lose my mind i jump out of my blind with my gun i go running up because in my mind i'm like oh like we you know these things are still gonna be flopping gonna have to finish them off no we just got three dead turkeys right in front of us and and i have no idea what went on with them they have uh, styles looks at me he's like did you shoot that last turkey i was like yeah i shot the last turkey <laughs> and uh and styles is holding the gun of course and he's trying like he they don't even open the door he lifts sv out, out the front window and then climbs out and we're like yelling at each other like what happened then you know because like he could see a bunch of a bunch of stuff that i couldn't see and i got to see some stuff that he couldn't see and he had no idea that there was that hen over there and man it was just a riot and uh what what had happened again i didn't know this was uh when that turkey crossed you know he had sv on the gun uh but as you know it was walking of course when they hawk they're when they hawk, when they walk, their head bobs, and we had told SV, you know, he needs to try to aim for the head, and and he didn't feel comfortable, and then kind of unfortunately for him, like you know, like I said, the turkey walked past the decoy towards me, and then turned around, and started walking back. Well, by that time, SV had kind of gotten frustrated, and you know, he he got scared and stuff, and so he told his dad that he wanted his dad to shoot the turkey. And so, again, I couldn't see this because they were in the blind. Well, you know, like I said, unfortunately for SV, you know, when that turkey started coming back, Styles thought that the turkey was about to walk past him and go away, you know, like it had gotten spooked. Well, Styles grabs the gun, and then that turkey turns and just faces that decoy and just holds dead still for him, you know. Um, so anyway, so Styles shot that one and then just like out of reflexes turns and shoots the second one out of the air. And we just to clarify before I get a bunch of emails, we were legal to do that. We each had uh, multiple turkey tags. And so, so he shot the second one and then I shot the third one. And so, you know, we're celebrating, we're walking around and I walk over to my bird and I turn around and I'm looking back at my little ground blind and I was like, man, that is a really long way. And I had brought my rangefinder, but uh, unfortunately my batteries were dead. You know, I'd been sitting in my bag since uh, deer season, but Styles had his, and I was like, "Hey, Styles, come here." So he walked over, and I was like, "Use your rangefinder and shoot my tree over there." And he shot it, and he was like, 
is that really where you were sitting? I was like, yeah, like you can see my blind. He was like, that's 62 yards away. <laughs> and so I'm going to take a quick second here to shout out my ammunition. Uh, I was shooting the Winchester Longbeard XR, uh, 12-gauge, 3-inch, 4-shot. And again, like I have to throw this out there again. I'm not a turkey hunter. This box of shells that I was shooting, I bought on clearance in 2018. Like they've been just sitting on the shelf for two years. I had no idea that they were like a top of the line shell, which I'm sure they make nicer. But anyway, yeah, I shot this turkey at 62 yards. And I just like, I had my normal choke in. I didn't have a turkey choke. I'm using a regular modified choke. Uh, I'm shooting a Benelli shotgun that my grandpa gave me when I was 16, or no, 15, I'm sorry, 15. So this shotgun I'm shooting is 16 years old, 62 yards. And so, yeah, uh, I've probably started talking really loud and fast there at the end, but we tripled on turkeys, tripled, with a six-year-old, might I add, and not even sitting next to each other. And so, in my personal opinion, this is the greatest turkey hunting story of all time, and don't you try to tell me otherwise. So even though poor SV didn't get him a turkey, he was still super excited for us just watching the whole thing and, you know, getting to watch his dad shoot turkeys. And, and uh, of course, when we took pictures, we let him hold one of them, and he absolutely loved it and had a blast. And uh, so, yeah, it was just a fantastic time. I hope he remembers that for the rest of his life. I know I sure will because that was like... I mean, like I just said, it's the greatest turkey hunting story of all time. And I hope you guys agree, and I hope you guys enjoyed that, because that's pretty much going to end our turkey content for this year. Um, like I said last week, I did try to go on our place, uh, spooked some jakes, and that about did it for me. Uh, I was hoping to go to my buddy's place in West Texas. and I mean, I can't say for sure I'm not going to get to go, but it's not looking like I'm going to get to go before the season ends. I think I only have, I guess I got two weeks. Who knows? Who knows? But for now, this is going to be the unofficial end to turkey content for this year. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm going to make a slight hard transition kind of into 2021 deer season because I've had some some changes, I guess, to my plan from what I've uh, been talking about this whole year. So hope you guys don't mind. I'm going to flip gears. Um, change number one is I ended up not applying for a Kansas deer tag. Um, you know, one thing that I... It's hard, but I kind of understand why they do it. Uh, you know, you have to apply for a tag really early in the year for Kansas. And just with my new job and, you know, I, my vacation time situation and not knowing what the fall is going to look like. My wife is also in the process of getting a new job right now, so I don't know what her job is going to look like. Our finances are kind of up in the air because of my new job. Uh, you know, I took a little pay cut, and then her with this new job, we're not sure she has it yet, and we're not sure how busy she's going to be. And so just with all those things thrown up in the air, I just didn't feel comfortable spending all that money to possibly not even get to go or only get, you know, two to three days. And so, you know, when I do go out there, like I want to be able to go for at least four days. Uh, I want to give myself some time and, you know, like I don't have as like I've, I've been to Kansas, but I haven't ever been there to hunt and I've never like scouted it. And so to pay, to pay that much for a deer tag 
to, you know, maybe get to go two or three days with zero scouting. I just decided that wasn't a smart decision on my part at this point in my life. And so I will not be hunting Kansas Kansas this year, even though I've been talking about it a lot. Um, one other big change that's happened is we picked up a new piece of property, uh, my family. And so that could be potentially be, you know, a new change this year. It's, it's mostly ag. Uh, that's, that's why we bought it. We bought it for hay production. Um, but it, it has some potential. I just don't know how much, um, it has some river bottom nests, but the river bottom is all pecan trees, and so it's all been cleared out so that they could harvest the pecans. And so it has the food and water in abundance, but it has like zero cover. And so it's one of those things like it could be maybe a little honey hole or it could be a giant bust. And so uh, so that could be exciting. Uh, like I said, you know, we, the, the main property that I've been hunting for the past, I guess, seven years now is for sale. And so that's up in the air. You know, we might have it still this fall. We might not. Um, and that's where I, like I said, I've done the majority of my hunting for the past seven years. Um, we do have my, I call it my brother's place. Uh, I've talked about that before on the podcast, but if you're new, we, we originally had what I called my dad place was the first piece of property we bought. And then when we got heavier into the ranching, we bought another property, which I call my brother's place because he lived there. My dad lived on the other one. Um, but yeah, so we're selling my dad's place. We're trying to buy more land closer to my brother's place. Um, but because it is more of a cattle centered property, there's just not as much hunting on it. And so, you know, it could run into a situation where that might be all I have is, you know, that. And then this new one that again, I said, could be good, could be not. I do have a few other pieces of properties around us that I've uh, thought about knocking on doors and, you know, some neighbors that I've thought about talking to about letting me hunt on their property. And I still want to do some kind of, you know, adventure hunt this year, especially since I've been preaching it so much. Uh, you know, maybe that's just going to a public area close by. Um, maybe that's going to northwestern Oklahoma. Uh, you know, I, I worked out of Woodward for like seven months back in 2014 and never hunted up there. You know, I I was working up there, but every weekend or every weekend I got off at least, I'd drive all the way back to southeastern Oklahoma to to hunt on our own place and Back then, I didn't know public land was a thing, <laughs> and so and you know, I couldn't afford a lease, and so, uh, so yeah, maybe I'll go up to uh, to northwestern Oklahoma, or you know, Missouri is not that far away, and they have over the counter tags, and so that's crossed my mind, and uh, you know, like I'm not saying I can't go on one of these big adventure hunts, I'm just saying I don't know if I can at this moment, and so hopefully, you know. My wife's job works out, and uh, and I get some vacation time and everything, and and can go on something. But one thing I do know is that I will definitely be hunting a lot this fall, and uh, and I can't wait to bring you guys along. Uh, you know, we didn't get this thing up and running by hunting season last year, and that really killed me. Uh, so I'm really excited to have it going through this fall, and uh, yeah, I want to take you guys along. I want to hear from you guys, what y'all are seeing, what y'all are hunting, uh, how y'all are doing. Uh, you know, I feel like I've done a pretty good job of having some some pretty knowledgeable guests as far as like the education side. Um, but something I want to do some more, especially this summer, uh, you know, kind of in the, the quote off season, is uh, just have some more of you guys on, some more listeners, just to tell stories and, and talk. And, uh, you know, there's plenty of people out there that, you know, may not do this as a profession that are 
really good hunters and fishers and 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 trappers and everything else and so so yeah i hope you guys didn't mind this little uh rambling <laughs> into the podcast here after the turkey story like i said i just want to keep you guys up to date i hope y'all are enjoying all this um Again, I keep talking about it. I've really enjoyed hearing from y'all on social media and stuff. Uh, I am going to ask again to uh, get on uh, iTunes or wherever you're listening to this and leave me some reviews. Uh, I've had a couple after the last time I asked, and they've all been really good. So I think you guys are enjoying this from what I understand, and as long as you guys keep enjoying it, I'm going to keep putting them out. So, yeah, uh, that's going to do it for this one. I hope you guys had a great time. Hit me up on social media, and until next week, get out there and do something fun.